Welcome to the Phoenix Nest. I'm Jess. I'm here with my friend Kat and uh, my friend Bethany, and we are a romance review podcast. We are going to read romance novels, and we're going to review them for you with a little bit of a twist. Um, Kat just pulled up a picture of a gentleman with a penis tattooed to the side of his face. However, he has his dimple pierced, and that is the urethra. I have never been more confused in my life. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's mermen, by like surrounded by um, penises that are sperming out, if is you will. Um, what is what is and the collective also having a really good time? Oh, what is what is the collective of penis? Is it penis is peni? I believe the medical term is penises. Multiples, so penises. Yeah. By the way, if you're listening, that's Kat. She's talking. Hi. And Bethany over here is a little mic shy and doesn't want to be on the microphones just yet. She wants to hear us be intellectual and shit. Um, so as I was saying, this is a romance book review podcast. We are going to read romance novels and we are going to review them for you. However, we're going to do it with a little bit of a twist. I, Jess, hate romance in real life. Don't hold hands in front of me. Don't look at your significant other like you're the heart eyes emoji. I don't want to see it. I don't care. Take it home. Cat, however, is a hopeless romantic. She's comfortable with you holding hands in public and using heart eye emoji faces. I'm not. Okay, but that's because that's what my face looks like all the time. So. This is true. This is true. They're um, nodding their heads at me. <laughs> So basically what we're going to do is we're going to read these novels and we're going to give you our perspectives on them. And before we start on any of that, we want to give you an intro episode, kind of what we are, who we are, and uh, a little bit about ourselves, I guess. So the way this started out was this was a legitimate shower thought on my end. Um, I was washing my hair in the shower, listening to my favorite podcast, My Favorite Murder. Hi, Karen. Hi, Georgia. You're not ever going to hear this. Um, they were talking about what they would want to listen to, and that had me thinking, and I suddenly went, I want to do this. While completely soaking wet and still naked, I got out of the shower, and I texted Kat, and I said, I need you. Will you do this with me? <laughs> that is not the right place to pause. <laughs> I did it on purpose. That sounds more like a romance novel, though. <laughs> <laughs> so my question to you is, what was your first thought? when I texted you and said, I need you to do this with me. Did you think I was crazy? No, I kind of wasn't surprised that this was, like, your brainchild at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was like, oh, dear God, people are going to hear my voice. And, like... Well, it wasn't until last week that you finally heard your voice outside of your own head. Like, you had to listen to it on a speaker system. Yeah, well, no, because I... So I actually do have to hear my voice on a speaker all the time, at work when we do assemblies okay um and <laughs> it's it's awful and um out of my teaching team i have the highest pitched voice but i'm also the loudest because i want to make sure all my students hear me screaming their names while i'm like awarding them for like honor roll and stuff and because like their parents are there and i don't want them to miss it if they're not paying attention <laughs> so it's just it's it's bad and it's echoey and it's loud and i feel Bad for many students, but not bad enough that I'm not going to do it. Um, this is just bringing me back to the first time that I heard my own voice. Uh, working at Target, 
Where? Oh, the all calls. The doing the all calls <laughs> and then doing the closing. No. Like, attention Target shoppers. The store will be closing in 15 minutes. Target can fuck off with that noise. Can they just get an automated system already? I like having it be real people voices. That gave me the opportunity to fuck around, and there were some definite LODs that did not like it. Okay, but, like, when you work overnights, you get to do things like sing into the all-call system <laughs> and, like, yell at each other, and that's pretty fun. That Yeah, I could handle that. That was okay. So back to how this started, um, I texted Kat and said that I wanted to do this, and it kind of sat as a dream for a little bit, and Bethany kept asking, okay, but is this really going to happen? And yes, Bethany, it really <laughs> is happening. We got microphones. Um, I was gifted my microphone for Valentine's Day from a friend. Oh my god, shout out. Brittany, you're the best. Um, I legitimately cried when I got it. Because I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. And suddenly this microphone shows up. And I'm like, I didn't order anything from Amazon. How did that get here? So it kind of started out as what I wanted to hear. And I definitely wanted to hear a couple different perspectives on romance novels and how they work. And um, Kat was willing. And then Bethany kind of got dragged into it. And she's also read the book. These two have finished our first book. I have not. I have about 140 pages left. Um, so that's the next episode. We'll start talking about that. So what we're going to do right now is we're just going to introduce ourselves. I'm Jess. I um, read a lot as evidenced by the five, six bookshelves in my apartment. There's a lot. Uh, Bethany, this is the first time she's ever been over to my house, and she walked <laughs> into my bedroom, and she went, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and probably the cutest little, oh, wow, I've ever heard. Like, I can't believe this is what you live with. <laughs> I mean, look at it. She's nodding her head like, yeah. There's, there's a lot. I did a count today, and there was 475. Hey, at least it's like a nice number. It's a nice even number. I should not buy anything else. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. Um, so I read a lot. I live in a very small one-bedroom apartment, so it's kind of basically just books at this point. Um, I work in self-storage, which is probably one of the weirdest jobs anyone could ever do. I actually live on property, so if you hear some weird background noise, I'm sorry. It's probably the keypad or a customer knocking on my door to use the restroom after office hours. No, you cannot. Go away. <laughs> um, so that's a little bit about me. I read a lot. It's kind of my thing. Everyone knows. Oh, that's Jess. She reads. It's kind of my place marker. Um, Kat, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, so earlier I kind of mentioned that I have like students. So I am a teacher. I teach specifically middle school reading, so my actual reading is not usually for enjoyment because we read the same, like, three or four books every year. Well, I, I end up reading six books, um, but it's a lot of, like, young adult stuff. So this is kind of a really fun opportunity where I'll get to read something that is new because these are books that I have not read before unless we're going to, like, track down the worst ones I've read in my life because that that could be a thing um but it'll be I think a really good time because I've been reading romance novels since I was maybe 13 years old so you have read yeah. romance prior yeah. to this a lot 
Okay. What are your thoughts on romance as a whole genre? Um, well, I feel like there is a lot that could be done with romance, and I think we're kind of seeing that currently in the way that romance is being written, because it used to have, like, a very clearly defined genre, and now it's kind of branching out where everything could be a romance story, or a romance story could be anything else. And that's kind of, like, a really cool thing to have an underlying storyline, but it's not necessary. Okay. Yeah. So, prior to this, I didn't read a lot of historical romance. Okay. And I didn't read a lot of contemporary romance. So, one of the questions I was going to ask later on is, what's your favorite subgenre of the romance world? Mine is 100% paranormal romance. (laughs) It sounds terrible. If the dude's a vampire, it's cool. We can get down with that. One of my favorite series in the entire world is actually the Charlie Davidson series by Dorinda Jones. I'm hoping that we can read some of that. I will 100% read the first book again. There are 13 books in that series. She's the Grim Reaper, and she falls in love with the Son of Satan. That's some steamy stuff. It's great. It's one of my favorites. So if you had to choose a subgenre. Sure. Do you have, do you prefer historicals or do you prefer a more contemporary, like modern time? Or do you also want the vampires and the werewolves fucking? Um, I feel like when I was younger, I mostly read the historical romances just because they were very abundant at our library for some reason. There were tons of them, like just shelves and shelves and racks of them. Like the spinning ones where you know it's like the cheap paperback books. Oh, yeah, like the <laughs> It's dime not store. the good books. It's like the, the dollar store version of a book. Um, so I had a lot of experience with reading historical romances, but I've also read some paranormal stuff that I think is kind of fun. Um, I don't always enjoy the paranormal stuff because it gets weird when you cross that line into like having sex with a dead person <laughs> or like... Um, having to sacrifice yourself to be with that person forever or whatever, and and that can get a little bit weird. So are you basically talking about Twilight? Um, not necessarily, <laughs> like, specifically Twilight. But that's the general um, premise. That but, she's... Twilight, but that's also the premise of most romances. That's true. You know, it's very formulaic. It's very, here's a strong, angry, brooding man, and here's, like, a pitiful woman who suddenly finds her confidence and, like, finds her voice and has self-esteem because of this man and that's like a very easy way for people to write romance because you just kind of mad live it you kind of fill in the blanks okay and so i can definitely see where twilight falls into that even though it would be like young adult romance because it's young adult fiction yeah so i mean it kind of crosses some lines there and i did read all of twilight and i made my mom (laughs) read twilight with me and um we were both like this is so good but i was also like 13 so, <laughs> okay. so I want to go off on that a little bit. You were 13 when you read Twilight for the first time. I think time. so. I don't remember when it came out because I blocked it out of my memory. I because was... after I saw the first movie, I was like, I'm never doing this again. I was significantly older. I was married and had a child. I had a toddler at the time. And um, I had a friend of mine say, hey, you're going to love this. You should try it. And I was like, <laughs> all right. I was bored. I didn't work at the time, and my daughter was not quite two yet. So we went over to the used bookstore. I got the whole set, and I binge read the entire series. And then I handed it to my mom. So I was significantly older, and I will 100% tell you I love Twilight when I read it now that I'm older. Because you were, because you were like, younger and, like, less. Did Bethany just give you the publication date of Twilight? Yeah. 
What year? Um, 2005 through 2008. So I would have been a freshman in high school. I would have been 14 or 15. But that's okay because that's what the time frame <laughs> was supposed still, to be. Um, no, I – so I will be, like, really honest. I do have the Twilight series in my classroom because – I kind of figure anytime I can get a student to read for enjoyment, I should allow them to read. Yeah. But I do have one student who obsessively reads Twilight, and I'm like, hey, what are you going to read after? She's like, I'm just going to read it again. I'm like, but you know, there's like a bunch of other books. You could try this instead, and it's like this ongoing battle. Does she read just the first book over and over, or does she read the whole series? No, it's a specific one. Um, I don't let it be breaking dawn that's no, a fade to black sex scene i don't think it's breaking dawn i think it's the the one before it eclipse yeah i think that's what it is and then she she told me like a few months ago uh my parents took that book away from me and they won't let me read it anymore and they told me i can't watch the movies anymore so i think it was getting out of hand that i can see that that i think that's the book out of the entire series that was just like super heavy-handed on the love triangle it got really weird. Yeah. Like, really quickly, and then it stayed weird for the rest of the series. It was, I think part of my problem isn't that it's, like, a paranormal thing or, like, an other being, otherworldly type thing. Um, and, like, aside from the obvious, like, abusive relationship overtones that it has, it's lazy writing. It's very predictable. It's not something where there's a whole lot of mystery in it. And when it was, like, put into a movie it only got worse (laughs) i will openly admit that when i have a bad day i come home and i watch one of the twilight movies to remind myself that it could be worse i like watching all the celebrity um like interviews we're like i can't believe i was in twilight anna kendrick is the funniest i think um robert pattinson wanting to talk about anything but Twilight is easily that poor my man. Thing. I think he destroyed his career with the first like actual thing that he did. Well, I mean, he was in Harry Potter, but but for an hour he was in Harry Potter. He <laughs> played Cedric Diggory so like, and well. then that was it. I just I don't know. I loved Twilight for what it was, and it I think it does have a place in young adult romance. But talk to your teenagers because that shit is abusive as fuck it's not normal no and to be fair not a lot of romance novel relationships are normal like they're all like super extenuating circumstances there's usually some form of abuse like it's very rare that it's not um like a kidnapping thing or there's a lot of that kind of weird stuff that comes up where you're like well only in a romance novel is this okay well that's like the one we're reading right now romance yeah yeah like the one we're reading now um so we're gonna go ahead and i'll announce it now we are reading a rogue by any other name by sarah mclean um that is the first rule of scoundrels so it's the first book in the scoundrels series and um we'll kind of rush on it a little bit we're not going to have an open discussion as that's like i said what we're going to talk about in our first episode but he essentially wants his land back because he was a dumbass and lost it and he defiles the woman whose dowry is attached to his land to basically force her into marriage. But it's kind of, it's interesting because he isn't actually defiling, like that wasn't his plan, but then it kind of spins out of control and gets just really It gets weird. distorted the way it happened. Um, I was just, I would like to first off applaud Sarah McLean for making sure her male protagonist 
uh, our hero of the novel knew where the clitoris was. Thank you for that, because most of them don't know where it's at. Most real men don't. Okay, know Okay, but it's at the either. problem was that she didn't know where the clitoris was. She also called which is it like her... a weird twist, but <laughs> <laughs> but kind of normal in like historical romances, especially like anything that's Victorian or Renaissance. Yeah, pretty normal for someone who has a title. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that because they're like not supposed to even look at their ankles and shit like that. Ankles are scandalous. I'm which looking is at weird. Right have now. you ever seen cankles? Like, <laughs> <laughs> there should be more to love, but it's just weird. <laughs> Bethany is scandalized, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Bethany is almost the darkest shade of red I've ever seen her in my life. <laughs> you can edit that out if you want. <laughs> It's staying in. We're going to leave that okay. for what it is. She's just accepted this as a reality, <laughs> and this is what it is. Um, so let's go ahead and ask a couple questions. So the first one that we've already discussed, you know, have you had, have you ever read a romance prior to this podcast? And you have. Yeah. Um, I've read a lot of paranormal romances where it's not necessarily dependent on the romance. Right. It's, it leads a little heavier towards the urban fantasy. So, um, we already discussed, you know, if we've read the romances before. So, my next question is, um, what do you want to see in your romance novels? What are the things that you say, okay, this is what I want? Like, in general? Like, how do I pick one? In general. Like, if you were to go to the bookstore and you were going to pick one up, what on the back of the book is telling you, pick this up? Um, generally, especially now that I'm older, um, I look for things that have kind of some sort of mystery in them okay i really enjoy that as long as not scary um so i definitely look for something that has some sort of mystery um i was a huge huge fan of janet ivanovich throughout her entire series okay which is still being written Um, how long is that at this point i think it's at 26 or 27 but they're all really fun again it's formulaic but in a more fun way than a normal bethany's read some of these with me okay um I've read the first one. I think that's the newest one, right? Yeah. Um, But she is, like, really funny as an author. I enjoy that. I don't like something that's super, super serious. Okay. Um, I also enjoy a female lead that's, like, I guess you could say defiant. She's more confident or she's branching out into something she's never done before. Okay. Um, I enjoy that a lot just because, I don't know, I guess that's maybe a millennial thing. (laughs) <laughs> like wanting people to try new things, but I don't have to try them. <laughs> you, can I guess. Live, you live vicariously through the character. Yeah, because like I'm not, those. I'm not becoming a private investigator, and I'm not traveling to the other side of the world to marry someone. Okay, I'm gonna stay here <laughs> and do my thing and live my life. But it's fun to see how it would play out in a fantasy way, where you know there's going to be like this happy ending or like this reunion or. The mystery is solved, or whatever it is. Okay. I definitely prefer to have a stronger female lead. I don't want the meek. I don't want the Bellas. Someone who's just going to go with the flow and agree that what the hero of the novel has to say. And never have an opinion. I think that really bugs me. Yeah, not having your own opinion, not knowing what you want to do for yourself. Um, That's kind of what I want to see, and I want to see good background characters i don't want flat characters at all but especially in the secondary characters and i don't like characters that are only there like secondary characters that are only there because they're going to be next in the series i think that's really weird 
Yeah, I, I want substance. That. Give me some substance on those characters. And I have a lot to say about one of the characters in this novel. I'm still kind of pissed, but also really excited that I figured this out. Um, so next up, what are some of your favorite tropes? What are some of the things that you like to see in romance novels that are kind of formulaic? Do you like to see things like insta-love and love triangles or... <laughs> I don't like love triangles. I'll Thank say God. that uh, right now. I think they're really frustrating. I hate them. Um, but part of the reason you asked me this is because I'm like, as you put it, the hopeless romantic. I really enjoy um, the love at first sight or the rediscovered like childhood love. I think that that's really sweet. And that's definitely like a hopeless romantic that heart is. thing. You know, like a... This is the cynical side of me. My favorite trope is enemies to lovers. I want them to hate each other so much that they have a hard time looking at each other. And then suddenly something clicks. And the next thing you know, they're fucking on a balcony somewhere. Or in an alley. Don't do it in the alley, though. I don't... There's garbage in alleys. I don't need that. But and, those... like, in books you get mugged in alleys. Yeah, you know, do you... Oh, my God, could you imagine... They're fucking in the alley, and they get mugged while they're fucking? I feel like I've read that in a book. Oh, no. No, I've seen it in a movie. You saw it in a movie? Was it a porn? No. It's, <laughs> it's Euro Trip. <laughs> He's getting blown in the alley, and someone yeah. steals his, like, not a safety belt. What is it called? It's like a wallet belt. His fanny pack? No, it's the one that straps across And chest. it's, like, this wallet? Oh. Yeah. And he, like doesn't even notice because he's getting blown and the guy's like give me your stuff he's like take it <laughs> <laughs> that sounds horrible it's an underrated movie though it's so funny that is very underrated Matt Damon did it. a great job I haven't seen it in a really long time oh my god it's so good yeah some of my favorite tropes are the enemies to lovers I also like friends to lovers where they're like friends they've been friends forever and they didn't realize that they were perfect for each other the first one that comes to mind on that one is actually Christina Lauren. They're a writing duo, and they did uh, Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating. I loved that book. It was okay. so good. And that's one I want you guys to read because it's a contemporary romance. It's really funny. Hazel is my kind of weird, so just be forewarned. She's what I aspire to be in life. <laughs> I want to own all the animals and fall in love with my best friend. Although I have done that and it wasn't good. And that's probably <laughs> why I prefer to read romance novels as opposed to live it. I don't want to live that. I did that once. He was a dick. Y'all know who it is too. I'm not going to say his name, but if you are listening and you know me well enough, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Ew. And we're all glad that's over. Me too. I, yeah, gross. Um, so on the favorite tropes, what are some of your least favorite tropes? What are the ones that you absolutely despise? I hate insta-love. I don't <laughs> want to see it. You can't walk into a room and just suddenly go, I love him or her. It's, it's not lust. It's hormones and the horny that's lust it's it's i think it goes i think it goes further than lust though like you can lust after somebody and you think well you're then you're lust. thinking maybe of like obsession yeah 
it's definitely obsession and that's i think that's what i see a lot of times in romance novels is obsession it's not lust it's obsession i hate that i also hate love triangles I don't They're like not it. fun. Like, you think it's going to be fun, like, oh, he's going to steal her away or something, or she has to make a choice between these two great people. And it's never that. It's always someone's, like, really dastardly, and <laughs> someone's always, like, perfect, and you're, like, so frustrated through the whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's, I hate it. I, I don't want a love triangle. Yeah. It's, it's sexually frustrating, too, because you're just like, who is she picking? Can she just figure it out? And then she picks, and you're like, okay, that was a lot of lead-up. We could have had so many other things happening. These characters could have been in love by this point and been going about their merry way, but you wasted half of the book trying to figure out who she was going to love. I hate that. It's just one of my biggest dislikes. I feel like some of my biggest dislikes actually have to do with just, like, character traits of the main characters. Okay. I really, truly hate when your main female protagonist is someone who just is like really low in the self-esteem area not confident in everything has no direction um I feel like that's like a really weird thing to make your main character be because then when she feels good about herself it's only because of the attention of a male and I think that that's really strange and a really unhealthy thing that I often have to discuss with my students um I don't like huge age gaps they freak me out a whole lot. So, and that said, I have known people who have successful relationships and marriages with people who are decades older than them, and that's great. But as, like, a romantic thing, like, that falls really close to, like, a sugar daddy thing. Okay, so and I that's want you weird. to know that on the romance podcast shelf, mm-hmm. there is a book by Lisa Kleipas okay. called Sugar Daddy. See, but it's probably sexy sugar daddy where he's like 35 and a billionaire because he created Amazon. <laughs> he's not a silver fox. And he scooped her up from some inner city sad one bedroom apartment. I'm pretty sure it's uh, more country than you're thinking. That's another thing I don't understand. It's like you go home for the holidays. Like, like a Lifetime movie, you go home for the holidays and you fall in love with the cowboy who like holds the door open for you. Like what is that? <laughs> No, no, So we have to have a discussion about Bethany's taste in men. Bethany would love to have a cowboy. That would be her rom-com. If I could plan a rom-com, Bethany would be like, I have to go to Arkansas because I have to go see my family, but it's winter and we're, like, trapped in this lodge. And there was a hot cowboy who takes care of the lodge. But we shared hot cocoa. There was no alcohol. And I slipped on the sidewalk, and he was there to see it, and instead of laughing, he helped me up. Or he magically catches her. <gasps> oh, Bethany just swooned. <laughs> she is swooning right or, now. Or, like, she falls into him. That's more I'm Bethany I'm really good style. at planning other people's romance lives, I think. I don't even want to know what you would say mine is. Oh, God, it would be horrible. I'd meet her at a Why would it be bar. horrible? Okay, first of all, we both know you're not going to any bars, so that's out. That's very I'm true. I'm not that dumb. <laughs> the one time I do go to a bar, I meet somebody. No, because the closest you go to going to a bar is when we go to male burlesque, because I, I like buy your ticket. I'm like, let's go, Jessica. That is the truest <laughs> statement that's ever been said. And it's fucking fun. It is a lot of fun, and it's also great... There were a lot of lesbians last time. There was a lot of lesbians last time. I was in my happy place. 
The bartender was adorable, first and foremost. Oh, yeah, but she works there all the time. You just go back. That's, I know. And that's where your rom-com starts. At the bar with the adorable lesbian bartender. <laughs> if you're listening to this, my phone number is not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, <laughs> we've gone over your favorite tropes and the things that you don't like. What are some of your turn-ons when you're reading a romance novel, what is the one thing that you read that you're just like, yes, give me more of this? I would say considerate but not creepy. Okay. Meaning, like, yeah, he's going to ask if he can kiss her, but not... Consent. Yeah. Like, not all the time, like, can I also hold your hand? Like, at one, at some point when they do that, it kind of turns into, like, you're a weenie. Like, you're wearing a purity ring. Okay. And you definitely went to a Disney religious camp as, like, a 12-year-old. <laughs> And, like, cool for you, but, like, in a romance novel, like, <laughs> I have to go back. Disney religious camp? We just watched a thing about the Jonas Brothers the other night, and so that's, like, what's in my head right now. Okay, yeah. can we take a sidebar real quick? <laughs> and I need to talk about how the first Joe Bro that took his purity ring off was mm-hmm. Kevin. Yeah. They talked about that in Carpool Karaoke. That's where I watched it. And so, like, when it, they were like, who took off their purity ring first? And everyone was like, Kevin. And he was like, it was me. And I'm going, wait a second. First off, I want to be in that room when they discussed Kevin taking his purity ring off. Maybe it was a lie. Like, he was <gasps> like, fuck this. I'm not wearing it anymore. I don't want to be a Disney purity kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sad. That's like, so that sad. might shatter some illusions, but, like. I mean, he was, what, like, 16 or 17? Something like like that. You cannot tell me that a 16 or 17-year-old boy has never masturbated. No, I just like the idea of the fact that it was that one that did it first. I didn't think it would be Kevin. It was was a lot to handle. Um, So, then, if you like the consent, because I do prefer consent, let's not have any creepy Christian grace. Kat and I have a lot to say about that whole series. (laughs) I hate it a lot. But it did what it needed to do to get people to read more romance, I think. To openly read something that would be considered erotica, yeah. I, you know, I don't have a problem with erotica. I'll read erotica all day long. Like, I don't mind that. Yeah. But I think it also helps open the door for reading something that's a little more taboo. And I know that romance kind of has a bad stigma. You don't ever want to go outside of your house with a bodice ripper. And, <laughs> like, oh no. The Fabio cover. What is she reading? Look well, at I that. Well, I think part of the issue, too, that people have when something like that is out in public is that it's very easy for even a good writer to cross the line from erotica into just really crass writing. And that's where it turns into porn. And yeah. for some people, they really enjoy that. They really enjoy the hard, like, fucking and ravishing and all that stuff. But for other people, that's not a realistic thing because it's so close to control or non-consent or rape or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, And that can be a huge problem because if you're going to share your kinks with someone, it's not to be shared with the world. Like, that's not a good thing to do. Like, you're not going to go out and be in, like, all of your bondage stuff just to go to Target. That's (laughs) not appropriate. And so it's the same way. Yeah, I can see that. You know, and I do have friends, twin, I'm talking about you, that do enjoy the harder core erotica. And some of the stuff that she has told me about what she reads is enough to make me blush. And that's saying <laughs> a lot. I am 
I, I, I border on the line between crass and, and being a decent human being in public. And Kat's nodding her head yes, because she's very well aware of this. Um, but at the same time, I think that the stigma is because of the bodice rippers. These are things that you read because your mom read them. And, uh, you know, that's something that was left on the bedside table and you weren't to read them. You weren't to look at them. So there is a stigma surrounding romance novels. And as far as I'm concerned, I will walk into a Chili's with my Highlander romance historical novel and I will crack that bitch open and read about some Scottish Highlander ravaging a woman on the moors. I'm okay with that. But, but I feel like that's also yeah. a little bit strange because why do you want to read something that's going to turn you on sexually in public? Like, that's a weird line to cross, too. Because then you're crossing a line where it's like, like, okay, so like in the office when Phyllis is listening to Fifty Shades of Grey and she's like swaying and she's like clearly turned on, like that's weird for other people. And so the assumption is when you're cracking open that book, there's going to be sex. Like sex every other page I think is exhausting to read because it gets really boring. It does. Because there's only so many ways that, so many ways that you can say what the sex is like if it's already been like super powerful and strong at the very beginning have you ever read a sex scene in a book and been so confused because the way it was described you can't figure out how the bodies are did you have that bethany in this one where you were just like wait the second time when the office yeah when they're at the when they're at the they move move from i haven't got that far into a third time i think that's the second time i think it's only twice in this you're right because the first no, it wasn't actual sex. It was oral. His his hand <laughs> in her secret folds. <laughs> We're gonna talk about though um, the the things that that turn you off in romance novels, and mine is honestly like, can you just say it's a cock, please? Like I just I don't give me velvet wrap steel or anything any euphemism for the genitalia of any kind because that drives me crazy and that goes back to them or her i should say this heroine calling it her secret folds but like to be fair cock is a euphemism for penis yeah but i would prefer that as opposed to his velvet so you're gonna read like a medical journal sex no (laughs) about the penis and the vagina that that takes me out of the romance portion of it like the sexy times like He's like, I inserted my penis into her vagina, and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess we'll skim over that. But if you, like, use, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you use terms that we use most now, I'm happier. But if you're using something along the lines of your secret folds or your most private place, it's just, I don't know. Like, I think it's interesting. They didn't talk about ankles, Bethany. Do you think they talked about sex at that point? They had their necks covered. I don't think women sat around talking about things. I would hope they did, because if they were to listen into some of our conversations, they would be scandalized. Because we've had. Well, some remember very- when we read historical romances, they're very often from the point of view of someone that's titled, and titled people had very different expectations. They were supposed to be pure. They were supposed to have a dowry and all this stuff. Yeah. So Commonwealth people, they just had normal people sex and normal conversations. So 
that's maybe part of the problem because it creates this weird stigma but it's not like not everyone was having this original pristine white sheets version of sex that's just the expectation in the fantasy world created by the author for the historical romance. Okay. So basically, yeah. at this point, I need to disbend any of my hopes and dreams of them using millennial words for the genitalia at this point and just go with the flow when they talk about their most private of places. Right, because I don't think that... From what I know, that it's very historically accurate to describe like a pussy and a cock in a historical romance. Mom, it's, I'm sorry. She just said pussy and cock. And I'm sorry to my mom, too. She's like, I'm going to listen. Oh, and I'm sorry to all of our friends. And <laughs> um, going to listen. Also, our brothers, like Bethany and I's brothers, want to listen. Why? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm, I'm the officiant at Bethany's brother's wedding this October. Um, so this, I apologize in case this somehow leeches its way into anything ever and you're like shit um <laughs> what was i saying oh anyway <laughs> yeah Pussy and cock. um we apologize to our families and friends like they were still taught things but it was more like a on your wedding night thing okay yeah i i think you know? that's what i'm having a hard time getting used to is but that would have been same the same in the 50s yeah. When the expectation is for females to have their legs closed, you're not going to see the millennial version of the crude words that we would use to describe things. Okay. Okay. So I'll I'll try to remember that for the next one we read. Yeah. So modern romance, for sure, you're going to see stuff. Okay. Like, I just finished that first Alyssa Cole book, and that's more of an accurate representation of what... Um, modern sex is like? Well, not like modern sex, but like descriptions that we would use okay yeah okay so that's gonna be the next one that i pick up once i finish the sarah mclean um i've been working nonstop, and i went on my vacation and have been the laziest sack of shit i could possibly be so now i kind of want to chat since we talked about the anatomy okay what's your favorite word for the male anatomy like in a book or like in general in general um, I feel like I often, especially when I'm joking with Bethany, I often say cock a lot, but I say it like cack. <laughs> because we're just, like, messing around. And so um, that's probably the most common one. Um, okay. But I also work with children, so there isn't a lot of opportunity for me to be talking about genitalia hardly ever. Although I will tell you, I did have to correct a child during their sex ed class because instead of vaginal, she was saying vaginal. And it was oh, driving no. me nuts, and I was like, "Listen, that's not the word, but you know, that's yeah. just that's just part of the job sometimes when you teach reading." I I definitely prefer cock as well. Also, the staff it's of fun life. to say the staff of life. Bethany's face just now when I said that. What book is that in? It's not. It's Victorian slang for the male genitalia. Speaking of. The podcast name, The Phoenix Nest, is Victorian slang for vagina. That's how we got our name. It's my favorite thing in the entire world. And so I, when we were thinking of a name... <laughs> no, that's not why I'm laughing. No? <laughs> it was just a really good opportunity to give you shit and I didn't do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't even want to know. you later. It's oh. fine. Now it's fine, it. it's fine. Okay, go ahead. So, like, I I enjoy a good, you know, shout-out cock 
Or as Kat would say, hack. You say hack. it like that? Hack? Hack. I think it's because I have an accent sometimes. You do. Yeah. But, but like, you... it doesn't make any sense for me to, but that's why my words come out weird. And I think we actually started saying it that way because Bethany was making fun of me for saying it that way. And now <laughs> we've just made it like we're from Bastin. From Bastin. Yeah. Even though we're from Arizona, where we where don't. it's nice here. We don't Not like have... Bastin right now where they're getting snow and stuff. No. You went a little Wisconsin there for yeah, a Yeah, a little second. Minnesota. A little Minnesota. Which I'm not from either. No, my little sister <laughs> is. My little sister lived in Minnesota for a couple years. She's back, and um, that was the first thing she was concerned about. Do you think people can hear my accent? And I'm yes. like, I can. At least tell people yes. On the whole, how do you feel about romance novels? Do you enjoy them? Is that something that you reach for? Not generally. Um... It's not usually my first choice if I'm reading for my own enjoyment. That's usually more of a mystery kind of situation. But I don't have anything against romance novels unless they're horribly written or, like, they have a lot of plot holes. I once got through an entire book, and I can't remember the name of it because I blocked it out. (laughs) I got, like, through an entire book, and at the end there was a different character. And I was like, who's this person? And I thought I was crazy, and I, like, went back to the game. I was like, no, they're not... Why is this person suddenly... Like, they had replaced... I think they had, like, replaced the name partway through or something, but not done it during the editing, and no one caught it. Oh, And no. so I had to finish the book real salty about, like, having to change it in my mind, and it was just not good. Just not good. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I read a lot of sci-fi fantasy. That's a lot of what I read. Um, but when I'm feeling a little sad, I'm a little lonely, and butthurt about the fact that I am so single, I'll pick up a romance novel. I'll pick one up and I'll have some fun with it. By the way, we're all single in case anyone likes what they hear. Hi. Um, <laughs> Although Bethany's still not on a mic. <laughs> yeah, Bethany's not on a microphone, but just so you know, she's single, she's really pretty, she's got blonde hair, she's great. Um, <laughs> she has eyes that sparkle like the sun. She's wearing this amazing highlight right now. Oh, it's gold. She's sparkling bright like a diamond right now. Yeah, that's just, we're single, and I think that's why we're doing this. We have nothing better to do with our Well, Saturday that nights. sounds sad. It's not, not because sad. you had this great shower idea. I had amazing shower thought, and I'm really excited that we're doing this. Mm-hmm. I thought it was hysterically fun and I thought the follow through was going to be a blast okay did you answer that question the last question how I feel about romance novels on a whole yeah I love them I love them I think they're great for what they are Bethany's mom basically exclusively reads romance novel (laughs) stuff so shout out to her we love you I can't wait to dig through your boxes and boxes of romance novels Tom told me um, my mom was holding up books Yeah, that's what they said that they did that day while we weren't there because they were trying to help her pack. But Tom brought it up and I was mortified. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Holding up romance covers and saying which one makes you wetter. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's like the romance novel version of like sparking joy, right? (laughs) Does this spark joy? Does this cover make you wet? We're the new Marie Kondo when it comes to. Cleaning out the. It's very interesting to to word it that way. I'm not surprised though, considering who it came from. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we 
some guy friends that get into some sticky situations with us. Mostly that they're just sitting there and we're saying some horrible, disgusting things and they have to listen to us. I don't feel bad. Yeah, they're, like, too nice to participate. They are. For I feel the like, most part. I feel like they would want to, but they also feel like it's wrong to. It's because none of them are fuckboys. That's true. We have a no fuckboy rule. No, I think that's a good rule to have for friends, though. My friend no, no, we're done with that, Bethany. <laughs> you promised. <laughs> we're not doing that anymore. We're too old and tired. <laughs> not doing this. We are old and tired. That's how I live my life right now. Um. So the last question that I have is, what do you think makes romance novels so appealing? So, like, for myself... I think it's the ability to live outside of yourself. You get to experience something that you're not experiencing for yourself through someone else. Okay. And it's that's kind of how I view it, just because I don't want to have the heart eye emoji, hand-holding, kissing in public thing. I just don't. So for me, when I am feeling kind of shitty about being lonely and alone and sad, and oh my god, I'm single and nobody wants me, which is a lie, but... When my brain starts getting loud about that kind of thing, I reach for a romance novel because I want to live vicariously through some fake characters. Like, show me where the real love is. At least everybody in this novel loves each other. It's just, it it makes it easier to get through something like that. So do you kind of have the same idea on what appeal, what's so appealing about them? Um, no, because I like the romance aspect of most things. <laughs> like, it's mortifying a lot of the time anyways like that kind of high school do you like me kind of stuff check yes um, or no is is not very great but um I like the idealistic parts of romance novels okay. that I don't think it's a live vicariously thing it's you know seeing that this could exist like this is a thing that could happen it's a matter of like meeting the person who's attracted to you in the same way and at the same time and is considerate because really when it comes down to it these romances all work out because they're considerate of one another okay. like it's never going to work if the grouchy character doesn't like have this mental change where they're going to be more appreciative and I think that's kind of what everyone wants and maybe for people who feel lonely or who are in a marriage that doesn't consistently play that out constantly it's like a reassurance that this is something that does exist and can exist, and it takes work. Okay. And it's just a reminder. So it's more of a, a you know, a filler, if you will, for the things that they're not getting in their own lives. Maybe, or things that they'd like to be amplified. Because okay. maybe you're in your, your personal relationship, maybe your boyfriend or husband or girlfriend or whatever is a thoughtful person, and they do care about you, but maybe it's not as in your face as someone like, surprising you with like a trip to wherever or you know something like yeah. that because it's like a grand gesture okay um yeah it's just living with a day-to-day -day appreciation can I feel be more recognizable when you are able to kind of get over the high expectations that you might have of this grand gesture okay. and so when you read about the grand gesture and realize that wow that's like a big thing to do for someone you maybe start thinking of the more appreciative things that you do for one another on a smaller scale I can 100% say that I read romance simply because they all end with a happily ever after. 
we don't always have those and it's nice to pick something up and know that character a and character b they're gonna go through some shit in the middle of the book but at the end of the book they're gonna smash and they're gonna be together and things are gonna be amazing it's my favorite mostly because i have been in a lot of failed relationships i was married uh for five years and that failed thank jesus because I hated every second of those five years because he was clingy. He was very clingy. And I think that's why I am so cynical. And I think I read the romance mostly because I do want the happily ever after. I do want to see the two characters together in the end. A lot of the times with like a paranormal romance that leans a little more towards the urban fantasy where the romance isn't the main center of the, of the plot. Um, those take longer to get to the happily ever after but I like sometimes for those to draw out but I also really reach for them because I want to quick like these two characters are gonna love each other and I think that's where we find the historical romance kind of sits in in that we're gonna get these instant happily ever afters you're gonna read 300 and some pages and at the end they're gonna be happy and they're gonna love each other and they're gonna move on with life so well, I think to be fair everyone is happy with a happily ever after story just the way that they're presented is different for people. I would like to say that everyone's happily happy with the happily ever afters. Uh, Twitter has other things to say, unfortunately. Because their version of happily ever after isn't a like white bread straight version of a classic romance, and that's okay. But that means that they still like a happily ever after, just not the overdone formula. They're, they're currently. There's some talk about whether or not HEAs belong in every romance, and uh, fuck yes it does. I want all of my romance novels to end in Happily Ever After. I didn't put the time in for it but not see, to happen. see, that's the thing. Like, a Happily Ever After could be the realization that you don't need that man, or that you are happy with yourself. Like, why is that not a Happily Ever After? Bethany like, it doesn't have to be getting a ring money? and having a big wedding. yeah. And that's maybe also more of a millennial mindset. I think at this point, I, as a millennial, but as an older millennial, I'm going to say <laughs> it, um, I, I am definitely on the older end of the millennial spectrum. Um, I think for me, it's, it's more that, yeah, I know that we don't all need a man to be happy in our lives. I sure as shit don't. Not that there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. If, if you, you want someone that also makes you happy, that is healthy for you, then that's great. Do it. Go for it. However, I personally don't need a man to be happy with my life. Um, but at the same time, I do want to read the romance novels where they are happily ever after, where they get together and they live sure, their yeah. lives like that. But um, that's kind of what I think romance novels are in regards to appeal i couldn't get that sentence out no that was very faltering i know i'm sorry it's that glass of wine that i drank i'm feeling a little red in the face kind of like bethany is right now got a little warm in here in got, the phoenix nest it got warm in the phoenix nest that sounded so disgusting hey man you pick the name i know and i did it on purpose <laughs> because i wanted to welcome everyone to my phoenix nest because i thought it would be funny I'm second-guessing it only a little bit. It's too only late. Be only because Kat said it got warm in the Phoenix Nest. Ugh, gross. 
Do you have anything else you want to say? Anything in regards to whether or not you're excited about this or you think I'm crazy for doing this? I don't think he's like, we talked about this the other day that, like, I truly hope that this in some way gets some traction. Um, not just because I think it's a really cool idea and it gives me an excuse to read new books and, like, be like, oh, I gotta work on this. But I think that it's something that people don't talk about very much anymore in, like, a very public way. We don't talk about love as opposed to sex. And we don't talk about reading as much as we do hardly anything else. And so I think we, this is a really good outlet for that. Yeah, we do. We talk a lot more about the current television shows that we're watching or who we had sex with that night or who we want to have sex with that night. But we're not talking about books and love and the squishy things that come along with it, if you will. Okay, to be fair, I talk about that. No one else talks with me. <laughs> That's why you're the hopeless romantic out of the group. I mean, I feel like Bethany's pretty neutral in regards to how she feels about love. And I am so cynical. Don't come at me with any of your mushy shit. I don't want to see it. <laughs> when y'all end up together with somebody um, and your significant others are around, just be advised I'm going to tease you mercilessly. Because... I mean, we ki I think we kind of expect that. <laughs> Especially if it's someone that's, like, actually a good person. Because when they're a shitty person, I mean, that's just not a good time for anybody. Yeah, no. We've all decided that whoever we date has to mesh well with our group. Otherwise, they're going to run for the hills. No one has met that uh, obstacle head-on quite yet. Not yet. One day. One day they'll meet it. Let's hope they don't run directly into the wall and falter out because <laughs> we're kind of a strong bunch to be around, but we're a good bunch. Um, so at this point, I think we are done with the episode as is now. Um, we had a little bit of interaction with who we are, what we're doing. If you guys liked what you hear, please definitely subscribe. This was a lot of fun. So thank you for coming over and drinking wine with us. And uh, we're going to go eat pizza now. Have a good night, guys. Bye. Bye.